Anyways, small live update. I don't have that. This really wasn't much going on this week. Um, I've been watching Modern Family. I'm sure there's something that happened that I literally am just forgetting. Yeah. Um, Me. Modern Family, I've been watching it. I've get, gotten really into it. I've been reading like crazy, and that's why nothing's really happened for me this week. Like, I'm on book number 12 for the year, and so I've just been reading like crazy. Um, so that, I got my nails done, I got my hair done. That's about it. I'm feeling the Barbie vibe. I changed nail shapes. I've never done anything but square. And I changed to almond, and I really like it. Like, I don't think I'll go back to square for a long time. Unless there's just, like, a certain nail that I'm like, I need Mm -hmm. to be square. Um, And then I did, like, this hot pink with chrome. So it's feeling very Barbie-ish. I'm leaving it for Valentine's. Um, And I finished House of Flame and Shadow. And (laughs) a thousand stars out of five. Like... (laughs) It was so good. Um, there will definitely be a book review and book discussion on that book in the future. Yes. We still need to do House of Sky and Breath. <laughs> so we'll have to have Emily back on to do House of Sky and yeah. Breath. Um, but, yeah. That's about all that's happened. I mean, literally, like, I've read like crazy because I read, I was telling, there's, um, I was telling somebody the other day that doesn't really read much. I was like, yeah, the book I just finished was 900 pages. And they were like, and how long did it take you to finish it? I said, three days. <laughs> and he was like, that would have taken me three years. So we were just having that conversation. But that's like, that's how my week's been. I've just been reading nonstop. Um, so finished that pretty quickly. But also I did figure something out. Hmm. I think those times when like you were like 40 pages ahead of me or whatever, I guarantee you I think we were on the same page because my Kindle does things weird because I was looking to like I was going back to annotate my physical copy yeah and like in my Kindle it would say 256 like page 256 and it was like page 200 in my book so I think we were on the same parts whenever we were texting (laughs) yeah so it's a good thing I didn't like because some of those times it might have been like that's why whenever we were both that's why I went you text me, you're like, don't tell me your emotions, don't tell me anything. I said, I'm not going to. <laughs> well, but it's a good thing we didn't say anything about, like, like, if I would have mentioned something thinking, oh, well, she's ahead of me, but in reality, like, I'm ahead of you, because the pages were weird. I think the only thing that I said to you was, like, it's addicting. <laughs> I think that's yeah. the only thing I told you. I was like, it's addicting. <laughs> but, yeah, so I did figure that out. Um, so that w- that made annotating the book real fun because then I was like, well, this isn't actually on page 256 and I got to hunt down this paragraph that I highlighted. So it was fun. But um, I plan to hopefully annotate my physical copies of Earth and Blood and Sky and Breath because they're not. They are, but they're very light. Like there's maybe only like four pages marked and that's about it because mm-hmm. I didn't really annotate back then. Um, I... I was still using book darts then, so I want to go back and annotate those, Uh, so that's my goal this month, but other than that, I didn't have anything. I mean, I did have something else, but it's on your wrap-up, or it's on your life update, so we'll just discuss it. So, first thing is, obviously, we had a, I had a small shopping day on Saturday. Dad wanted to go to Knifeworks in Sevierville, and I went into Alter State because I just wanted to look at the clearance stuff, and I can't like I said, I can't afford anything in there. I come out of there with three clothing items and like a packet of earrings. I come out there with like 
$88. That's the cheapest I've come out of there. Um, because I go straight to the clearance. I got a bodysuit for, like, $13. I got a cute little jacket for, like, I think $19. And then I got this really cute Outer Banks sweatshirt. It's kind of like a Henley feel, almost. And the original tag was, like, 60 something dollars. I got that sucker for seven bucks. That is the cheapest thing that I've bought in there. It is so crazy. And had a small shopping day with mom and dad. And then, obviously, my next one. Um, so, me and Carmen watched the Grammys. <laughs> and almost flipped the couch when Taylor announced that she was coming out with a new album. Yes. The Tortured Poets Department. I have almost said the Dead Poet Society like so have I twenty thousand times, and somebody posted about that today, and I was like, you know what? Same. And the somebody said, I just hope that she gives the Swifties grace because I I will be calling it the Dead Poet Society until I can memorize the name. I'm sorry, but that's just the way life goes. Yeah. Um, somebody did another one today that was with the SpongeBob sound, the hash ringing. The, the slash slinging. <laughs> um, um, but it was... I... What I really hate <laughs> is that the woman cannot do anything without somebody finding something to be angry about. And oh, I think I'm I know... Infuriated. I think I know what you're talking about. People are mad that they think she took the spotlight away from other people winning specifically i guess miley cyrus winning her first grammy then there are people who are saying that lana deserved to win then there were people complaining because they think she snubbed celine dion and then there was the whole jay-z speech and well can we call it a speech he clearly didn't have it planned it was more of a ramble wild to me like he knew he was winning that award but like didn't have a speech planned i was like what are we doing but he basically pulled a kanye and you could just tell beyonce was ready to crawl under the table again and you're just like why do people keep doing this thinking that beyonce is going to be like yeah i do deserve it like no quit doing it and like he didn't, like, call out Taylor like Kanye did, but he said, like, this woman's won tons of Grammys but has never won Album of the Year, which is what Taylor won. And then he mentioned that there were people in the category that didn't even deserve to be nominated in that category. And again, he didn't call out Taylor, and he may not have mentioned meant Taylor, but it's just like, why do you even need to say that? Mm-hmm. Not a single person in there doesn't deserve to be in there. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Well, because she wasn't even nominated. And should Beyonce have been nominated? 100% yes, she should have. Because she's freaking Beyonce. But, I just don't understand. Like, what do they think is going to happen? I don't know. But, well, then people were complaining. They think she snubbed Celine Dion because she broke that record by being the first recording artist to ever win Record of the Year four times. And when she goes up on stage, she's hugging all these people And Celine Dion is, like, waiting to give her the award. And, like, when she goes up to get the award, she doesn't say anything to Celine. She's, like, clearly in shock, like, herself. And people are saying that she, like, snubs Celine Dion. I'm like, oh, my God, people. 
she literally just broke an all-time record that like by winning album she of the just year. broke a record that like frank sinatra was involved in. like she broke a rec she broke a frank sinatra record like people hush like leave it alone she's clearly people- shocked she's excited to be up there she literally took a picture with celine dion later she posted it on her like it was on like instagram somewhere on cosmo i think like leave it alone i can't i like i'm so sick of like she cannot do anything without somebody saying well but she should have done this and well but she did this and like that's why then you got the nfl drama and i'm I'm just sick of it like just let the woman live my gosh yeah but it was so funny that was so funny though when we were so convinced the whole day everybody was pretty much convinced that she was going to announce reputation taylor's version because stuff was just lining up and then when, as soon as she said brand new album me and carmen just both jumped off the couch like oh my gosh and it's a couple days well, for your birthday and I haven't seen anybody that's mad that no. she announced a new album. I think everybody was just like, boy, she really climbed. And to be fair, going back and looking at the hints, there was never anything that was outright reputation. It was all black and white things, which the album cover for this new album is black and white. So it makes sense. In all yeah. She did announce something. We did have that part right. But um, we got half of it right. I got on the store and you can't buy anything else. Like there's, you can only buy the like pre-order yeah, of the Yeah, because I went, because I you went to go check. You can't even buy like t-shirts from Midnight's. Like you can't buy anything else except for pre, pre-ordering the album. The yeah. new album. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, but we, me and her were, ta- you were talking about it. We were like, yeah, we want Reputation Taylor's version, but we will take a brand new album. I would actually rather have new music. Yeah. Because this is going to be stuff like I haven't heard. Given there would be vault tracks, but, like, this is new music. And it's four days before my birthday, so happy birthday to me. Alyssa mentioned having a midnight listening party. I'm down. Apparently Um, somebody said it's going to be synth pop. I think it's going to be very evermore and from my prediction is evermore and folklore coded, but I think it's going to be slightly romantic. Because it's, the album cover just looks very, like, sultry, I guess is the also, word. And so I think it's going to be a little bit of a... And some people, hey, have, some people have pointed out, people are thinking it might be a breakup album. And I don't really know if it will be. Um, but somebody pointed out that apparently Joe Alwyn and I think, like, two other men, they have a group chat called the Tortured Man's Club. It's definitely got to be about Joe because and then, he's an actor in that tortured album po- cover. Tortured poets department i love that the only thing i've seen people talk about lately is like the intro at the airs tour is going to be slightly skewed now because it won't have you know because she goes through all the albums and in the intro Mm -hmm. but um it is i mean i don't care it is very very like out of character for her to have an album cover that like the title is so long yeah everybody's like why is it so long only one other album is two words and it's you know speak now like that's quick and over and this is the tortured poets society like it's such a long word but you know people are gonna already start hyphenating that thing it's gonna be ttps like people are not gonna be calling it the tortured poets society i may just i may just call i may just call it tortured poets (laughs) like i don't know it's gonna i'm excited about it it does look like 
gives me folklore vibes, but like maybe a little bit like romantic and sultry. I feel like like if I feel like it's what's the one song? If dress became an album is my theory. That's interesting. I I kind of want to consider it like the because it was written to because she said it was two years ago when she started working on it. So that's around like when midnights was done and she said that in folklore and evermore she couldn't quit writing so i guarantee you she started working on a little bit of it during that point i feel like it's gonna be like the older sister to folklore and evermore that's my prediction yes but by the cover i don't know that it's gonna be folksy it doesn't look to be i'm i'm my prediction like is i think it's had an album like if it like i think it's gonna be like the older sister to folklore and evermore by like it's gonna have the folklore evermore like kind of lyricism with with it but it's gonna be a lot more mature i think it might even be like if dress and champagne problems oh no that's a deadly combo <laughs> i like i'm telling you i think it's just gonna be very like it's going to be an album that nobody's going to walk away from without tears in their eyes. Like, <laughs> it's just going to be one of those guys. I'm so excited for it, though. As soon as I heard the title, I was like, oh, this is going to be my personality for the next few months. Yeah. I'm excited about it. It'll be good. And it's so soon. Like, I mean, right now it's February. She so never like. It's like. But she doesn't mm-mm. have lengthy. I know. It's just crazy, though. It'll be here. She it'll be here so it'll quickly. be here sooner than we think that's crazy well i guess somebody somebody lip reading was lip reading what um ed sheeran said and he said she already told everybody and so i don't know if that means like she's already told the whole friend group like we all knew <laughs> um because he's like on the inner circle or whatever but also my only other thing to say about the grammys is i love her to death but not once did they ever show Olivia Rodrigo and it didn't look like she was fake clapping. Because she was clapping with her, like, fingers splayed and her hands open, like, every time. And it looked like she was fake clapping <laughs> every single time. And I was just like, Olivia, girl, <laughs> pull it together. You look like you're not paying attention. Yeah. I don't know. They just kept catching her at weird times, I think. But um, mm-hmm. shout out to Miley. Well-deserved. I can't believe that's her first Grammy. That's wild to me. Um, Well-deserved. I'm excited to see what she does next. Also, somebody noted that whenever Taylor announced it, there was a look of panic over Miley's face. And everyone's like, ooh, was Miley about to drop an album? Now she's having to rethink the drop date. <laughs> like, Because that was the one thing the one guy was talking about was like, I bet there's a lot of artists in the room that were like, ooh, we're going to have to push back our date a little bit because that's going to, because it's Taylor Swift, let's be honest. She's going to overshadow it. But, um, so there was like a, like a look of like, huh, on Miley's face that everyone was like, no, I think she's going to drop an album. Now she's having to rethink the date. So that's fun. But anyways, um, that's all I've got. That's all I've got. I've ranted. And I've cherished. <laughs> Anyways. Alrighty. So, hello everyone, and welcome back to Family Fiction with Hallie. And Carmen. And today, we're going to be doing books based on your Hogwarts house. Yes. So, do you want to, I guess it's just like book recommendations 
Yeah. Based um, around Hogwarts houses. Kind of like like uh books that will be giving in each per each house like um Hallie and I just tried to come up with like as many as we could think of for each house. Some of these we have three each. Some of them like I have three, Hallie has one, like some of them like it took me a minute to figure something out. But um basically like whatever your Hogwarts house is, these are gonna be books that we would recommend for you if that's your Hogwarts house. So books that express themes of the house characteristics or books that have main characters that express themes of the house characteristics um just stuff like that so um but before we get into that we'll do our currently reading hallie would you like to start us off yes so my current book that i'm reading is well technically i've not started it yet but it is the fear by natasha preston i don't have a good relationship with Natasha Preston, but I still read her books. <laughs> and this one sounds really interesting. I know it, the ending's probably going to tick me off, but oh well. And then my manga hasn't really changed. It's still Snow White with the Red Hair, Volume 21. By, I can't remember her name. <laughs> Are we done? Um, my audiobook is My Name is Barbara by Barbara Streisand can't remember if that was my current read last week too um it's a long audiobook guys it's 48 hours so it's gonna take me a minute but also I only listen to audiobooks when I'm at work so that's why it's gonna take me a minute um and Spotify like caps how many hours you can listen to per month and I did do a top up of 10 hours so I think even with the 10 hours pop up like I don't know if I'll be able to get it done before it sets to renew because I think it's got like three days before it renews but anyways um reading that I'm very excited about that I love Barbara Streisand so I was easily wanting to read this book but it's a thick thick book so we're listening to the book because this is like large <laughs> oh my um but I'm excited because she's reading it um she's narrating it so I'm excited to get that done um and then my physical read is the silent patient by alex michaelides um so far so freaking good like it's very compelling basically the premise of this thing is that this girl the police report that they tell about in the beginning of the book is when they found her a neighbor had reported sounds like of gunfire when they found went into the house the husband was strapped down to the chair i believe with barbed wire and had four gunshots to the head and she the wife was standing in front of the fireplace was basically catatonic and had tried to self-harm herself um but they you know got her to the hospital and like was able to save her and everything but now she like she hasn't spoken in years and she won't speak and so they you know, never sent her to jail or whatever. Like she's in a psychiatric facility and it's just crazy. And so the, the book follows this like psychotherapist who starts working at the clinic that she's at. Cause he wants to solve, he's hoping to solve the mystery of why she did it. Cause nobody knows why, or even if she did it, I guess I don't, they never said like that it was definitively her. I mean, I guess it's pretty obvious, but yeah. So, I'm excited to see where that goes because I'm like, why did she do it? Like, that's just crazy. Because they weren't, like, getting a divorce or anything. Like, they were happily married. 
So mm. it's one of the it's like one of those un, unsolved mysteries that comes on TV. But I'm excited to read it. Um, so far, it's really really good. Um, I should be done with it this week, and then I have decided I'm going to start a dark romance because I'm 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 ready to have a dark romance back in my life. <laughs> so. Okie dokie. So, we will get on into today's discussion. Um, So, like I said, we'll go house by house and give our recommendations for each house um, and give a little bit of an explanation as to why we picked these books for each house. Um, So, just starting off with Gryffindor, uh, the main characteristics for Gryffindor are bravery, honor, loyalty, and boldness. My first pick on here was Throne of Glass by Sarah J. Moss. Um, the main character in Throne of Glass is very brave. She's very, like, honor-bound, loyal to those that she loves, and 100% bold because she is an assassin. And, um, you know, you just have to be courageous in that. And, like, when she comes into the book series, she's being, like, rescued, but not really. Being rescued from this, like, slave encampment. But she's being taken to the castle to compete in the king's trials. If she wins, she gets to be the king's assassin. If she does not win, I'm pretty positive they, like, kill them, don't they? If they don't, if they lose. I think so, yeah. Um, Basically, if if they're not winning, they're probably going to get killed by the other competitors anyways. Um, So, you know, has to be very brave, has to be very loyal to those that she can trust. Um extremely honor bound by her you know where she comes from and stuff like that um so yeah i picked throwing glasses my first pick so my first pick is percy jackson and the olympians series by rick riordan um whenever i think of characters who have the gryffindor attributes the best i automatically think of characters from percy jackson like percy and annabeth um, although Annabeth could technically go into Ravenclaw as well, because <laughs> she's really smart. Um, Hermione Granger was a Gryffindor, and she's the smartest witch of her year. I think, I think Annabeth would qualify for both, <laughs> Gryffindor and Ravenclaw. She's in both. Um, but these characters are very brave, um, they're very loyal to each other, like, they don't leave anybody behind literally throughout all of titan's curse the only thing that was on percy's mind was getting annabeth back because he's very loyal to her as he should and they're very bold considering that percy jackson squared up with the god of war (laughs) i'd say that's pretty bold um but yeah i just think anytime i think of characters that belong in gryffindor automatically any percy jackson character (laughs) ever to exist you know still haven't watched the last two episodes <laughs> carmen uh, you're well, slacking i watch it with mom and we, nobody's been home like if i'm home she's not home if she's home i'm not home so it's just been a crazy few weeks um my next pick was um city of bones by cassandra clear really i think you could do the entire moral instrument series but more specifically, City of Bones, because um, this kind of follows, you know, Clary, being our main character, gets, like, thrust into this world where she can see all these supernatural creatures, and she becomes a thing called a shadow hunter. They hunt demons, and they 
kind of work as like like a what am I trying to say? Like a governance over downworlders, which are like vampires, warlocks, werewolves, anything that's like supernatural that's not a demon, basically. Um, the shadow hunters kind of work as their like political side, like they're the people who make the laws and stuff. Um, but they also protect people like they're called mundanes, and that means that basically they're like muggles, um, and they protect them from demons and stuff. But in the book she's thrust into that world and literally like her mom gets taken by um valentine which is like you know enemy number one in the shadow hunter community um and so she literally has to adapt so she can save her mom and learn whatever she can and she's on the run pretty much because valentine's people are looking for her and they want the mortal cup which is like this ancient artifact in the shadow hunter world that can make more shadow hunters because they're a dying breed da, 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 da. but clary to me exhibits you know intense bravery because she doesn't like when she's thrust into this she does not break down she doesn't cower from it she goes head first into it like okay i'm gonna be part of this world i'm gonna go get my mom um honor for sure because you know she's doing it all for her mom and she's trying to keep her best friend safe at the same time um loyalty to those that she loves and 100% bold because she like I said head first into all the drama and action and suspense and danger um but yeah this was like an easy pick for me to put on Gryffindor I because at the time I was listening to the audiobook like rereading it and I was like oh yeah this has got to go on this so easy pick so my next pick is An Air Comes to Rise by Chloe C. Pinaranda this is the first book in that series um this is basically a world where fae are considered elite and they kind of give the humans a hard time and we follow this girl named faith who is just trying to make it um she finds out that she has abilities that no human should have and she basically has to hide these abilities while also um learn about who she truly is um this girl does not back down from a fight. She is a very skilled fighter. She's constantly training with a sword. She even at one point enrolls in some underground fights and just absolutely kicks butt. And she wants to find out who she is and is not afraid of it. Like, she's not afraid to hide her powers because because that's going to help Girl, her. Hide your hair. <laughs> Girl, hide, hide your, your hair. Girl, hide your hair. We got to hide your hair. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, But anytime I was reading the first book, I just took notice as to how a lot of the characters exhibit Gryffindor attributes. They're all very brave. They're all very loyal. Um, Especially, like, one of the girls. I think her name is Marlo. And she helps Faith try and figure out who she is, regardless of the consequences. And she is also, like, a blacksmith, and she makes weapons. 
she's great. But I just think that everyone is also, they're very bold in this series. Considering Faith can go toe-to-toe with a giant fey male in an underground fight and win. And not be afraid of it. And she also uses her powers too. So she's, she's, got, she's a lot braver than I am. And that is coming from a person who is in Gryffindor. <laughs> Love it. Um, my last pick for Gryffindor is A Forbidden Fate by Caven Hearning. We love Caven on this podcast. Yes, we do. Um, this book I threw in here because it gave me Gryffindor vibes just, like, in the premise. Um, and our main character, Adalia. Um, so basically in this book, you've got a prince and a princess in warring territories and they were once supposed to be married and this witch came along and put a curse on them and if they touch they die i know i've got you hooked already because that's what hooked me in um but adalia gets kidnapped by the prince and his merry band of misfits and so he can take her back to his land as like you know ransom and then her people end up trying to attack him and they get attacked by other people who are doing a rebellion situation. It's just the whole thing. But Adalia, you know, gets literally gets kidnapped and does not stand down from, like, she doesn't want to cower. She's like, nah, square up. Like, if you're gonna throw hands, let's go. And I just love this book so much. And it really, like, she stays, no matter what, she stays, like, she is the princess of her territory, her country, whatever you want to call it. And she's not backing down from a fight. Um, Once she kind of starts to develop trust with these people, she would literally go to the mat for them. Um, Just all these characters exhibit like high altitudes of bravery and honor and loyalty because obviously the all the members of the like misfit crew are very loyal to each other. They're best friends. They're family. It's found family situation. and, you know, I just feel like nothing sums up a Gryffindor better. So, I threw this one in there last minute. And my last pick is going to be The Six Olympians by Maria Alarcon. It's the first book in this ongoing series. Um, 100% all of these characters are brave. They are bold. And they are loyal to each other. So, basically, this is kind of like a Greek mythology what-if scenario. So... We all know the Greek mythology story about how Kronos swallows his kids so they don't overthrow him. This book kind of takes that and twists it a little bit, where instead of swallowing them, (laughs) he instead banishes them to Earth with no memories, nothing. And once they all reach their 16th birthday, their powers start to come out and they start to have these weird dreams where all their memories are resurfacing and they basically find out that they are in fact the six olympians and they are now going on this quest to gain allies and basically fight a war against their dad who kicked them down to earth um all of these characters once they find they don't cower from their roles they very much once they find out who they are they very much step up to the plate and they're like all right let's go to war (laughs) pretty much that's what they say 
Um, they are loyal to each other to a fault. It's like, we leave no man behind. Um, I think at one, one point, one of them gets taken. I can't really remember. And they will literally stop at nothing until they get the other one. Um, they definitely exude an aura of boldness as one does when they find out that they are a Greek god. <laughs> And, yeah, I just think they're all you know, same. Very like, if I found out tomorrow, I'd be like, bet, I'm out. Like, I'll see y'all later. I'm at my job. I'm just gonna move away. Like, nobody's telling me no. Yeah. And they stand up for each other. Apparently, I, think, I think at one point, um, Aphrodite just, like, absolutely worth her name's her name's Aubrey. That's what she goes by. At one point, just slaps the ever loving crap out of Atlas, who's like the general of Kronos. <laughs> just smacks the crap out of him. I was like, "You're Gryffindor through and through." Why did I imagine it as when Matt smacked Bob, the security guard, in that GTA <laughs> <laughs> robbers, cops and robbers thing they did? Oh gosh, they yeah. smacked him unconscious. <laughs> Anyway, I've been watching a lot of them today. It's been a day. And yeah, that's my pick. Okie dokie. So, moving on to Slytherin, we have the characteristics of ambition, resourcefulness, determination, and cleverness. Um, so, this kind of exists to me like people who were, you know, going to do what they need to do to get the job done. Um, they're going to do it in a way that maybe they don't have to do it themselves. <laughs> My first pick. And, <laughs> and um, they're going to, they're going to like outsource things to get the job done and do it with cleverness, but not afraid to get their hands dirty at the same time. Yes. Um, so my first pick is A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Moss. Um, listen, y'all know I love some Sarah J. Moss, but Feyre... One of my least favorite characters. <laughs> because of the events that happen in Akkor. If you know, you know. Um, I love her, but I feel like she could have done more. But to that point, I think Feyre is... Kind of has some Slytherin in her. Like, she's got ambition. She is very resourceful. Very tricky. She's very determined. She's very clever about things. Um... But she's not really going to be the one to get her hands dirty in the end of, like, at the end. She doesn't want to. If she's forced to, she will. She's a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> but yes. If she's forced to, she will, but she's not going to choose violence. Um, which some people wouldn't think that would be Slytherin, but, you know, Slytherins are fickle. Um, Draco Malfoy. They're bipolar. Was not going to get involved in any fight, let's be honest. Um, but also, like, if you want to go the other route with Slytherins, I have Tamlin, <laughs> um, <laughs> who is as fickle as they come. But um, I think A Court of Thorns and Roses fits um, Slytherin just because of the overall like Beauty and the Beast retelling. And you've got a girl who's thrust into the world of the Fae. And she has to be resourceful and she has to be clever and be ambitious to survive in the world of the Fae. Like this is a place that treats humans like they're scum. And Feyre is human so therefore scum so she literally has to use her wits because she's not going to outmatch them in strength or abilities um 
And so to me, I just feel like the, uh, specifically the first book in that series is very Slytherin coded. Like it's all about like playing the game and you've got to be resourceful and you've got to be conniving and you've got to, you know, play some games to get through. So very Slytherin coded in my opinion. So my first pick is going to be Furyborn by Claire Legrand, but I could technically put the entire trilogy into this category. You want to talk about some two main female characters that will get stuff done. Um, I'm going to first start off with Riel, who is our first one that we meet. This girl, talk about ambitious, talk about determined. Um, basically what happens is, um, her best friend, who is the prince, is almost assassinated, and at that point, she has to reveal her powers, where she has seven elemental abilities, and her people believe that she is a part of a prophecy of two queens, a queen of light and a queen of blood, and so in order to prove that Riel is the queen of the Sun Queen, she has to go through these deadly elemental magic trials that she has to win or she will be executed as the Blood Queen. This girl, she will not stop at anything to get what she wants. This is proven later in the sec- in the second and third book. Um, she will not stop until she achieves full power. She's very cunning. She's very tricky. And our other main character, Eliana, who is a bounty hunter, automatically, she's very tricky, she's very resourceful, she's very cunning. Um, Her mother goes missing and she will stop at nothing to find her, even if that means teaming up with a rebel leader. And she's very brutal. These two are, have no bother to get their hands dirty. (laughs) Um, and they are very, they're very manipulative, especially Riel. She's very manipulative. So I think those two as a whole exude Slytherin traits. Okie dokie. My second pick for the Slytherins, um, is Realm of Shadows and Flame by B.L. Talley. <laughs> this book. Hot diggity. Um, Look what you made me do. (laughs) Literally, reputation as an album written to a book. Yes. I feel like that's pretty much all that needs to be said, but I'll give you a little bit more. Um, So our main character, Renata, goes through an enlightenment, if you will, (laughs) and decides that, hey, there's some people in my life that are bringing me down. I'm going to do something about it. (laughs) And doesn't just cut them off. She cuts them out of the world and I just really could not like if I immediately when I thought Slytherin I thought of this book first to be honest because oh, yeah. it's so Slytherin like it has ambition everyone's like out to do what they need to do to survive everyone's very resourceful very determined and the cleverness is just running amok um and this one, if you like Throne of Glass, you're going to like this book series because it is, once again, like King's Trials. But these are people going into these King's Trials with, like, 
some of them have no abilities and they're just chilling and trying to get the job done and trying to survive and end up deciding, hey, maybe the people we're fighting for aren't so great. Maybe we should be fighting for this other side. So it's just Slytherins looking out for Slytherins and I honestly couldn't place this book anywhere else. Okay. So my next pick is going to be Stalking Jack the Ripper by Carrie Maniscalco. Um, so this series mainly takes place in like Victorian England and we follow the story of Audrey who's on the outside is seen to be a distinguished lady if you will or tries to be and what no one really knows is her favorite thing to do is to go down into it's her I can't remember if it's her uncle's basement and basically what she does on the inside of the house is she is studying to be like a forensic like she basically wants to solve murders <laughs> and this whole series goes about her just trying to prove that she is more than just a pretty girl in a dress that she can get her hands dirty she can solve crime in fact one of the most elusive crimes when a man is going around murdering prostitutes <laughs> and she is very determined she's very clever she's very smart i could technically i feel like she's a good mix of a ravenclaw and a slytherin if you mixed them into one and even um her partner that she worked with thomas he's also very clever he's very tricky and he's also very charming which i feel like a lot of slytherins sometimes are charming on the outside <laughs> He's very charming. So, I think this is just overall vibe of the book and the character's attributes, I think, fits Slytherin really well because this is a very clever book, if that's how I can describe it. If you like, if you like a good murder mystery, I would definitely recommend this series. All right, your final pick? My final pick for Slytherin, and nobody can argue with me otherwise, this book is 100% Slytherin, and that is Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. Yes, ma'am. Um, because if you want to tell me that Violet Swearingale wouldn't be sorted into Slytherin, you're wrong. That's a false opinion. Because homegirl, resourceful, ambition, determination, cleverness. She fits every single characteristic. Even all the characteristics I didn't name just now, Violet's going to fit them. Because homegirl, what she lacks in strength, she makes up for in wit. She Brains. is surviving any way that she can. She's going to save her own hide in the best way that she can. This is not, I'm not, I'm not including Iron Flame in this. Um, she is going to look out for others, but like, she's got to do what she's got to do. Because if she doesn't look out for herself, she will be killed. She will die. <laughs> she will um, die because dragons are at play um this is a girl who cannot fly on the back of her dragon because i assume she has brittle bone syndrome we haven't quite figured out anyways she gets hurt very easily and she's not fit she is not gonna win in a foot race she's not gonna out rep you like this is just how she is she's doing what she has to to survive this and in doing so, has to make some altercations to things in order to fly her dragon. She has to be resourceful in that way. She has ambition to win 
and to make it through to the final rounds. And Homegirl's clever because, like I said, what she lacks in strength, she makes up for in smarts. She knows she can't beat her enemies by fighting them in the fighting ring. So what's she going to do? She's going to poison them on the side. Like, this girl is going to do what she's got to do. She was literally raised from birth to be a scholar and is thrown into this situation where she has to have the physical body. And she's like, I may not have the physical body, but I've got a very smart brain. So I think that's, I think that's one of the reasons why I loved her in the first book is because, yeah, she's not very strong. She's very, she kind of (laughs) sucks in terms of physical prowess. She's attainable. (laughs) She is not the greatest when it comes to physical things, but she makes up for it in her wits and in her smarts. And I think that's what makes her just really awesome. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love a good main character that's like, man, they're so cool. I wish I could be them. But I also like a main character every once in a while that I'm like, you know what? Same Violet. I also couldn't bench 180. Like, we're on the same vibe here. Um, But, yes, I think every single Slytherin characteristic is going to sum up Violet. And it's going to sum up this book and other characters in this book. For sure. Alright, so my final pick is going to be A Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson. And I'm specifically talking about Pippa. (laughs) If you want to talk about a girl. This girl will literally stop at nothing to solve a mystery that has been plaguing her town for years. She does it as her senior project to prove a point. (laughs) And not only is she doing like just research. Sometimes the way she gets her, she's very resourceful. Like, she will trick her way into getting evidence. Like, she will manipulate people into being like, can you tell me how this happened? And she'll get her answers one way or another. She'll even go out somewhere and just confront people themselves just right out in the open. (laughs) Just no hesitation. She just goes in, guns blazing. And she's also, she's very witty too. Like... Some of the things she says, I'm just like, yeah, I would also do that. And there's several points where sometimes that determination makes her frustrated. And that's why I love her. I think this is, she fits Slytherin so well. I love her. Yes. Okie dokie. So, now we move on to Ravenclaw. I am saving the best house for last. Yes, I know. (laughs) Yeah. I'm no shade is being thrown, but it's also being thrown, Hallie. R.I.P. to them Gryffindors. <laughs> Saving the best house for last. The underrated the underrated house for last. They deserve to be saved for best. Okay. Anyways, next house that we're going to talk about is Ravenclaw. Um, so, characteristics are learning, wisdom, wit, and intellect. Um, this one was a harder one for me to make picks for. This my, was hard for me to do. My first pick was like, yes, this is it. Like, this is the book for that. But the other two, I had to really, like, think on and be like, yeah, these would fit. But I had to look for them, too. I had to, like, sit here and peruse my my bookshelf and look for books that would fit. And they do fit, but the first one was easy pick for me. Um... So, with that said, my first pick for Ravenclaw is The Bone Spindle by Leslie Vetter. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, then you'll have seen that I recently 
reviewed the final book in this series, and this is the most Ravenclaw series that there ever was. Um, so this book is basically a Sleeping Beauty retelling, but not... It's a twist on it. Not bit by bit. Like, if you don't like retellings, I don't like retellings for the most part. I love this book. If you don't like retellings, still read this book because it's amazing. It is a Sleeping Beauty retelling, but it's not a girl trapped in a tower. It's the prince trapped in the tower. And it's not just, you know, go find her, kiss her, wake her up. It's we've got to find him. But on our way there, we've got to find these hidden caves. We've got to solve these riddles. We've got to climb these taverns and these mountains and these tunnels and do all these it's Sleeping Beauty with a twist. Yes, there's curses, and there's witch hunters, and there's witches, and there's wolves, and it's just a whole, it's a whole thing. Um, but if you are Ravenclaw, I think you'll love these books, because my favorite character in the book is Fee, and she loves books, she loves to read, her favorite thing is the smell of a library and books in it, and... And being so, she's part of this duo with Shane, who is, you know, she carry, Shane carries an axe around. Shane's her muscle, <laughs> basically. Um, but when they go into these hidden caves, when they go through these riddles and these puddles, puddles? Puzzles and <laughs> these, like, you know, all these, like, hidden caverns and stuff. Fee is going to be the one that she's read the books. She's got the smarts. She's got the brains. She's going to get them through it. Um, and Shane is going to be there to supply physical relief, but, um, don't get me wrong. Shane's also amazing. Like I love Shane, but Fee was my favorite just because like, I felt like I related to Fee a lot. Um, and like I said, if you're Ravenclaw, you're going to really appreciate Fee cause she's 100% a Ravenclaw. She, you know, survives on her wit and her wisdom and she loves to learn and she loves to just like know everything that she can possibly know and learn. Um, and I think that if you're a Ravenclaw, you would really enjoy The Bone Spindle by Leslie Vetter. Would you like to give yours? So my one pick for Ravenclaw is Circe by Madeline Miller. So, um, this also applies with, like, just in general, just Greek mythology-wise, I think Circe would be a Ravenclaw <laughs> because, um, she, um, throughout this whole book, you're mainly just following her. Like, there's not, like, the whole story is about her. And so you really get to see she's very wise and she's knows how to, like, she survives on her intellect and her wisdom and her wit. She is able to lure men into her house and turn them into pigs. <laughs> like, she is very wise. She is a goddess? Yes. I'm thinking straight. Yes. <laughs> She's a sorceress. We'll go with that. Um, I just think that... And just listening to her speak... And this has a lot to do with Madeline Miller's writing. Listening to her speak, you feel like you're learning something. And she's very wise. She kind of gives pretty solid advice. And she's very empowering, which I think is also kind of like, kind of like a smaller trait with Ravenclaws. They're very wise, which also leads them to being a little bit empowering, if you, if you will. So, 
I think Cersei definitely fits the bill for attributes with a Ravenclaw. Your next pick? So, <laughs> um, my next two picks um, are very... I think the next pick was like a good one for this category. Yes. But the other one, I feel like I might need to explain a little bit. So, my next pick is The Inheritance Games by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. Once again, we kind of come to a similar thing as with The Bone Spindle. This is a mystery novel of sorts. Basically, this girl inherits this billion-dollar, like, estate and money and savings and all these, like, companies and stuff from this man who has passed, and she's never met him before. So, she kind of goes through the house, finding all these hidden tunnels and secret doors and passageways, and the uh, man who passed who left her all the money... He loved to play riddles and puzzles and stuff like that with his grandsons. Um, and so her gran- his grandsons um, do end up helping her try to solve the mystery of why she got the money. Um, and in doing so, they kind of have to solve the puzzles and riddles that their grandfather left behind. Um, and all while doing this, she does eventually have somebody who's trying to kill her so that they can get the money and all that jazz. And... It's just a great mystery novel, and I feel like any mystery novel is going to be good for a Ravenclaw, um, but in this one, Avery, the main character, is very Ravenclaw-coded. Um, obviously, in this book, she does have to rely on her wit and wisdom. Um, her favorite thing to do, like, hobby-wise is chess, and, you know, that requires a lot of wit and intellect and just like learning your players moves and stuff like that so definitely a Ravenclaw coded um my final pick for Ravenclaw is House of Earth and Blood by Sarah J Moss this is the first book in the Crescent City series um specifically I would say the first book is very Ravenclaw coded um due to the fact that throughout the book our main character Bryce doesn't have a lot of abilities and really does have to um go, like survive based on her wit and like if you read this book like she's so funny she's gonna take you down with her wit she works in a archive building so she like deals with books and ancient artifacts and reading on those artifacts so she can you know sell them to people so she's very knowledgeable She's going to rely on her wit and her wisdom and things that she knows um, before resulting in violence. She is the person that they go to some place and some of the other people are going to be like, let's just go in guns blazing. No, she's going to walk in and insult them on an intellectual level and then beat their butt. Like, (laughs) it's fantastic. And I think she definitely exhibits Ravenclaw energy. Um... And I think Ravenclaws would enjoy that book. So, moving on to our last, my favorite, house. Ladies and gentlemen, the Hufflepuffs. We're very good finders. <laughs> what the heck I don't, is a Hufflepuff? I don't find this uninteresting at all. Anyways, if you, if you know, you know. Um... Hufflepuffs are very good finders. What? Um, okay. So Hufflepuffs, 
our main characteristics, if y'all couldn't tell, I'm a Hufflepuff. I feel like that was obvious. Um, we reside on loyalty, hard work, determination, and patience. And this one was a hard one for me to place books into, too. Mostly because a lot of books, let's face it, a lot of the books that I read and a lot of the books that are popular these days, they're going to fit into Ravenclaw, or they're going to fit into Gryffindor and Slytherin very easily. And, you know, maybe that's just the way, like, the world works because that's also what happened to the movies and books. Lots of Gryffindors and Slytherins and, like, no Hufflepuffs. And all the Hufflepuffs that we came to know died. So, there's that. Um, so, anyways. <laughs> my After that ramble. My first book for this um, house was one that I came up with very quickly. This was actually the first, like... When I had put out the topics for each house, this was the first book I put into any one of these houses. I immediately thought of this book. I thought, this is going to go in Hufflepuff. And that was the first thing I typed in. Um, and that is Lockwood and Company by Jonathan Stroud. Listen, Hufflepuffs, my fellow Puffs, you're going to love it. You're going to cherish it. You're going to be very angry with Netflix for canceling season two. <laughs> Um, because our main character in this, Lucy Carlisle, if she ain't a Hufflepuff, I don't know who is, because I love her to death. She, like, is gonna go on loyalty before anything else. She's loyal to her friends. She's loyal to those she loves and trusts. She is a hard worker, given they all have their lazy moments where they would rather hang around the house, but girls gonna investigate until the job is done. Also, very determined. She's going to get the job done, no matter if it puts her life at risk or not, which, you know, distresses me out. Thanks for that. Um, patience is the only thing that I think she might lack in, um, but she's more patient than the rest of the characters of the book, because Lockwood's going to go in guns a-blazing. She's the one that's going to be like, hey, maybe we should figure this out before we go in there, but once she's in the heat of action... She's not patient at all, so it's like, you know, darned if you do, darned if you don't. But I think Hufflepuffs are going to like this book because it is a book based around found family tropes and loyalty and hard work, determination, friendship, um, and just relying on those around you to help you get through the day and through the mission. Um, they do hunt ghosts in this book if you want to know what this book is about. Um, basically, it's like a dystopian paranormal book um and it's like set in the future i'm not sure how many years um and it's based in london and basically an anomaly has happened where there's more ghosts than there used to be and people have to you know that there's a curfew people have to be in their doors at night everyone has iron around their doors and windows so that ghosts can't get in um Children are recruited to be ghost hunters, essentially, because once you reach a certain adulthood age, you do lose the ability to see, hear, or detect ghosts. Um, and so children kind of make up the ghost hunting agencies. And our Lucy, our main character, she is able to hear ghosts, so she can hold artifacts that a ghost touched while they died or whatever, and she's going to be able to help figure out how they died. Um, but yeah, I love this book. I love the, the series. It was amazing. The last book 
in the synopsis, it did say at the end, it's going to make you want to read book one again. And they weren't lying. It literally made me want to start all over and read the whole series again. Um, but yeah, you know, read it and then go yell at Netflix. Thanks. So my pick for Hufflepuff is going to be For the Wolf by Hannah Witten. And the only reason I put this book in here, you would, the vibe of this book does not fit Hufflepuff at all. <laughs> um, but there is this one attribute that's between these two characters that exudes Hufflepuff. And that is loyalty. You've got your two main characters. They are very loyal to each other. The guy literally tells her, like, you don't have to stay here. You can leave. Like, you don't have to stay. And she's like, nope. I'm going to help you save the forest. <laughs> and they're just very loyal to each other. They refuse to leave each other behind. And... Um, they are very hardworking, the both of them. Like, they will not rest until the forest is cured. And, yeah, it's just very short and sweet. Those two attributes. Okay, okay. Um, my other pick for Hufflepuff, um, was The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. Um, I kind of wanted to pick something else that wasn't, you know, like a fantasy or whatever. This is a romance. Um, I think this is very Hufflepuff coded because you have two characters that are literally like the hardest working people that they just don't want to deal with people saying like, why don't you date more? Because they're so focused on their career that they're like, let's fake date. And we all know where that leads. Um, but, I, you know, hard work and determination is the theme of this book. Um, Allie does like to write char main female characters from the vantage point of STEM. Because she um, was involved in STEM. Um, so, hard work and determination are going to be at the, like, base of her books. Specifically this one. Um, and then, you know, loyalty and patience kind of comes within the relationship that's get developed that gets developed is just you know like learning to trust each other and getting to know each other and being loyal to each other and you know all that jazz um but I think fellow Hufflepuffs will love this book as much as I did for sure um I did have another book in here but I started to second guess it because uh, I'm just gonna say it it was Powerless by Lauren Roberts um, I recently read this book and loved it, and I think Hufflepuffs would enjoy it because the main character is going into a king's trials of sorts, and they all think that she has powers because people who don't have powers are basically hunted and killed <laughs> or, you know, thrown out of the country, and she doesn't have powers, but she has to pretend that she does um, because they all think she does, and... So, in doing so, she has to, you know, work very hard and be very determined to, you know, save her skin and save her friend and do everything that she can to be on the ball at all times. Um, and that requires a lot of patience and learning to trust people, even though you feel like you can't trust anybody and there's your loyalty. And I think it's slightly Hufflepuff coded, 
Um, it might be more of like an honorable mention for Hufflepuffs. But I think Hufflepuffs would enjoy it just the same. So yeah. That is all we had for books based on your Hogwarts house. I'm sure there's more. Um, so if you guys think of more, you know, just leave them in the comments below. Um, let us know if you agree or disagree with our choices and maybe why you disagree if you disagree. <laughs> so we can have a discussion. Um, but we hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Um, be sure and rate us five stars and subscribe and all that. And our socials will be linked below, um, which includes our podcast socials as well as our, as well as our Instagram socials individual socials I mean um Hallie has a book talk and I have a bookstagram um I technically have a book talk too but I don't I'm not very active <laughs> um I'm more active on Instagram I post every day um Hallie does anime and manga things mm -hmm. recently and Percy Jackson yes, <laughs> we, so. we, my TikTok is very random <laughs> yes so if you enjoyed all that plus Taylor Swift you know be sure and follow us both. Um, but think next week we're going to try and do a book review. We have an idea for what we want to do next week, but I don't want to say it in case it doesn't actually happen. But um, going to try and do another book review next week. So be looking for that. And in the meantime, we hope you guys have an amazing week. And we will see you right back here next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.